Welcome to Chip Chat Conversations in the Cloud, a weekly podcast with IT leaders who are driving the future of a software-defined infrastructure-based data center. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be in the world. This is Jake Smith from Intel, and thank you for joining us for Chip Chat Conversations in the Cloud. I am here with Philip Riesner, CEO of Linbit. Welcome. Hello, Jake. So, Philip, why don't you tell all of our listeners a little bit about Linbit and a little bit about your role in the company. That dates back to the year 2001. Linux was quite unknown in the data center. We founded Linbit with the goal to do generic Linux support, help our clients to do generic projects with Linux. We had quite some business around a replication technology called DVD and a cluster manager called Pacemaker. And so in 2008, we decided to split the business into the HA stuff, HA is for high availability, and into the Linux consulting. Philippe, can you tell our listeners a little bit about DRBD? That again goes back to the year 2000 here in Austria. Uh, there you need to do this diploma thesis at the end of your university education. And the system we have here allows you to look at all the institutes, all the parts of the university, and find one of those researches where you want to do that diploma thesis. So I was window shopping, interesting topics. And there was a topic called mirroring hard disk over the network. And when I read it, you know, it didn't caught my attention. And, but then when I rode back home on the bus, I started to think about it and then did a little research on it. And then I found out what high availability is. And then I realized that software mirroring over the network might be actually pretty significant. So what I created initially was just to mirror block data between two nodes. It is a generic block driver on Linux. This is how it began, and then in the long course of 18 years in development, it became lots of features. It does synchronous replication, asynchronous replication. It is no longer a two-node thing, so it can now mirror to up to 32 nodes. Not all of the nodes need to have a complete replica of the data. Also, a node can take part in the cluster without having a local copy of the data but allowing applications on this node to access the data. So it changed a lot over those 18 years. What is the role of LinStore, and how does that take advantage of some of those existing Linux tool sets? So LinStore is a, like a management daemon that runs on all nodes which participate in the storage system. It configures all those parts we have on Linux. So it can configure LVM, the Linux Volume Manager, can configure CFS, the file system that came from Solaris. It can configure bcache or dmcache to create these SSD caches for hard disk drives. And uh, last but not least, it, it can configure a DBD. So all these storage components, they are compatible on the data plane. You can mix and match them as you need it for the task you want to solve. But most of these functions come with their own management tools. And so LinStore is now on top of that. 
it is like a unified management solution for all those parts. And with that, we can create a software-defined storage for users like Kubernetes or OpenStack or smaller projects like Open Nebula, Proxmox that need software-defined storage solution. What is the role of persistence in software-defined storage in your mind? Persistence is a very, very important part of it, right? Because in the moment you are at this high level of abstraction where you just create virtual pools in your software-defined storage system and, and virtual volumes in these virtual pools, you're so disconnected from the hardware that you have no oversight if a single component in your hardware pool fails, uh, what the implications are. In my opinion, a software-defined storage system is only then acceptable if it protects you from individual hardware failures. Can we talk about the relationship between Linbit and Intel? It's been a long journey, but the relationship has been there for some time. These days, we are part of the RSD effort. So that's the acronym for RexCane Design. And that is an effort by Intel. And Linstore fits in when it comes to manage the storage in a rack. So the idea with RSD design is that you have like 20 compute nodes in a rack, which don't have built-in storage, and then a small subset, like four or eight dedicated storage servers, and they are full with NVMe devices. This is where Linstore comes in and becomes a part of the whole solution in managing the storage, cutting it into the right pieces, eventually adding replication and mirroring to it, and then attaching it to the compute nodes. For example, in the case of Kubernetes or containers, then on the compute nodes and Linux file system goes on top of the virtual block device and then the file system is attached to the container running the workload. Can you spend a little time giving our listeners a little background on the role of disaggregation and composability? In the Kubernetes world, we have stateless containers. So a container is like a super light virtual machine with the constraint that all these virtual machines run the Linux kernel, the same kernel as the host. And it is technically, it is not virtualization, but it's, it is just bundling of namespaces. So processes living inside the containers, they are completely isolated from each other. And the isolation can go as far as even metering the resources each container can consume, like I.O. bandwidth or memory and CPU. Initially, these containers were mainly used for complete stateless workloads. So think of web applications, web services, where the actual data is somewhere else, let's say in the database. But in the container, you would only have these worker processes, you know, rendering the pages and delivering the pages to the user. And a little more recent development is that we also see stateful containers. Stateful container means the container has access to a file system that it can modify. And in case the container gets preempted and restarted, it expects to have the same data. 
So we have there this persistent storage for containers. And decomposability, it's of course a huge advantage if we can have the resources of a rack, so you know the NVMe devices in a central position and hand it out to the compute nodes which run all the containers in the amounts as they are needed there. So this is a clear advantage of having the NVMe devices spread over the compute nodes itself because then you create this kind of fragmentation and then, you know, on some nodes you would have too little storage, on other nodes you would have too much capacity available. And with having the, all the storage in a central place, you eliminate that kind of problem. So where can our listeners find out a little bit more about Linbit? The starting point, of course, is our corporate webpage, linbit.com. And depending on your background, you can either explore our products from there, or you can just explore our community activities. Maybe I need to add at this point that nearly everything we do is open source software. And as much as we like customers, because that pays our bills, we also welcome all the open source users. And we are true believers in the open source business model. We develop everything open source and then have our business model around it. That means what we sell to our customers are support subscriptions and access to repositories where you have the open source software packaged in you know, RPM packages or Debian packages so that they easily consumable for our customers. They find that with reasonable documentation and access to our support system. And in this community resources, you will also find all the pointers to the GitHub repositories, to the public mailing list, and all the ways how you can interact with us. Well, thank you, Philippe. On behalf of Intel, I'd like to thank you for joining me this morning for Chip Chat Conversations in the Cloud. My name is Jake Smith. Thank you for joining us, and we wish you a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening to this in the world. 